This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back to Play Tessie. It is episode 42, and if you're listening on Drop Day, it's February 21st. Episode 42, owed to Jackie Robinson, but trivia question off this one. Can you guys, either of you, name the last Boston Red Sox player to wear number 42? Mm, on. very good both of you at the same time god yeah, it's my mom's favorite player so okay. oh. i believe it was pablo reyes on jackie robinson day this is why you guys are co-hosts of play tessie for info like that this is the official podcast of peeing in an arnold palmer can and giving it to your friend <laughs> also <Wait>. known <laughs> what wait okay finish the intro and then explain <laughs> What? Oh my God, Coop! <laughs> what? That's right, Coop. That's right. <laughs> we could have done like the official episode of ending like racial tension because it's Jackie Robinson, but no. <laughs> you could have done you're, something, Nordo. You're doing yourself a disservice if you're not watching on YouTube. Drink, drink that Arnold Palmer, Coop. Great drink fucking it. clip. Oh, oh, oh gross, oh, Coop. Oh, he's chugging. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, also known as the official Red Sox podcast of WEI. Uh, you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Odyssey app. Just remember, hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, and rate us five stars. Helps us out a ton. And when you subscribe, when you follow, you get that notification when episodes drop. But don't forget, check us out on YouTube, too. Hopefully, you're watching because that... That was a good clip to watch on YouTube. And if you're there, hit that thumbs up button, subscribe to WEI, check out our playlist. I got the right word this time. We're all over the place. So find us everywhere. We literally can be found everywhere. Follow the socials at Play Tessie, Instagram, and Twitter, also known as X. Gentlemen, the Red Sox have signed Liam Hendricks. Sick. Yeah. He is. So he is what is he? He's out basically through July, probably probably longer, and yeah. they're paying him two million this year, six million next year with a two million dollar buyout on a mutual option. I've I've hold on, I want to pause for a second. Can someone explain to me the point of a mutual option? 
Yeah. Why? If a guy likes the team he's on, he picks it up. JD picked it up. That's a team. That's a player option. No, mutual option is the team likes the player. The player likes the team. They both want to yeah, stick it, together. Yeah, it's right. got to be like it's a two-way street. They both got to accept it. It's just another. Yeah. It's but like, how does that ever happen? It's not very often. I don't it, think. Yeah, it's not. It's basically yeah. op, it's basically an opt out. I would look at it like that. Yeah, I he that whatever that's not going to happen. He's going to get the two million dollar buyout after that happens, and there's a bunch of incentives next year. Uh, five million of it is tied to finishing games, which we'll get into. But Liam Hendricks, uh, he underwent Tommy John surgery last year, so he's going to return probably in August. But he's in camp now. He's going to rehab in Boston, so he's going to be around. Uh, we haven't recorded. It feels like this news dropped so long ago because so much has happened in the Red Sox verse since that like ownership showed up and went to camp and like Rafi did his interview and like we had we we got, we have a ton to get into today. But we'll we'll touch on the Liam Hendricks stuff first. Uh, this thing happened early on. I want to say Sunday or Monday morning. Which one was it? Monday morning. Monday morning. Monday morning. Monday morning. That's right, because we recorded on Sunday. Early Monday morning. Uh, and I don't know, whatever. Just give me curious, Sammy. Well, like take on take on the signing. Just Liam Hendricks out half the year. So this is more of a signing for next year. You had some interesting takes in the chat about this. Curious your thoughts. I feel like, you know, after reflecting on it, it's kind of like they basically bought a prospect. And bear with me, because now they have Liam Hendricks for a year and a half. Uh, and I'm saying a year and a half because he's not going to play the first half of uh, 2024. So what I think is going to happen is Kenley Jansen, the current closer, is going to play for the Red Sox half of 2024. They flip him at the deadline, get a prospect in exchange, and then Hendricks comes back and he's the closer. So it's what I said. It's like they signed a prospect. We don't know who the prospect is yet, but that's what I think is going to happen. It's not that exciting. However, Liam Hendricks is exciting as hell. I think Red Sox fans are going to love him. He's Australian, which... Have we ever had an Australian guy on the team? No way. They no had, way. Last year, they had a South African dude for a little bit. I forget his name. Oh, he either went. To, yeah, I think he Taylor. came from Los Angeles. Taylor. That? Or something Taylor. T-A-Y-L-E-R. I remember. So that, weird. That, I think you're right. We'll figure it out. two games. He was not. He Side Army. Herky <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the guy. But that's a wildly different country. But. <laughs> They've, they've kind of similar accent. Different eh. continent. Different did, continent. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> Fair. We, I different was actually, continent. We were actually watching different, different Curb continent. Your Enthusiasm, which we just spoke about off air. We were watching Curb and uh, episode one of the new season. They have a South African guy, and I was just fascinated by the accent. It is, it's like, it's like if you took the Australian accent and like tightened it like coils. It's weird. I can't do an imitation, so don't ask, but it's like, it's it's very interesting. You anyway. can't imitate it. My my fiance's dad is straight from South Africa, and he's got right. the full accent and everything. It's kind of like this, like a title, Australian, like that. Looks a little bit here you go, mate. But they, oh no, see there. That's that, Australian. Australian. That whole thing you just said no, is Australian. Australian's more like this, like you talk like that, and then you go, "Hey, mate, here goes it. I'm from North Queensland, up in down the way." <laughs> Dude, your impressions are. Sp- I mean. You just have a bunch of voices you can hit up. They're very good. I don't, I don't have that in my bag. I don't have that at all. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hendrix segment with an Australian accent. Make it sound like I'm actually from there, like born and raised, mate. And skits hydro over there. All right. <laughs> Pat, what did you think of the signing? <laughs> I mean, 
It's so like every other move this year, just meh. Like, does it really improve the 2024 team? Not really, because I'm with Sammy. I think he, he steps in right when Kenley leaves. So you essentially, it's a lateral move at closer. He's not going to be back till July. And I do like the idea of him next year because hear me out. They might have a pretty disgusting bullpen next year. Michael yeah. Fulmer, Liam Hendricks, all the guys still there. A year under like Isaiah Campbell, Weiser, all these guys belt. Like they they might they might have a pretty nice bullpen next year. I have but, I have a question. I have a question for you guys. We were talking because uh, we talked a bunch on our last show about about Kenley Jansen and how he was talking about they had told him. Oops, that's an alarm. They told him one thing and did another. They told him that we're going to be competitive in 23 and then we're going to really get after it in 24. And <clears> they, <throat> they went back on that to a million degrees. Do you think they told the same exact thing to Liam Hendricks? Like, yeah, we're going to try this year, but you're going to be you're you're going to be down. Like the team's probably going to be down, but you're going to come back next year, and we're going to come back next year, and we're going to get after it next year, 2025, man. That's the year. Do you think they told? They probably told him that. They probably pulled the exact same shit with Hendricks that they pulled with Jansen. Mate, I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all, mate. That's how they do it. That's how they run the ship nowadays. It's not the same as it was a few years ago. So. It's just something we're going to have to accept. They're not going to try for like another year or two. I don't think – it probably wasn't directly said, but I guarantee – I mean, we've, we'll have get to it in a little bit. But there have been active and past players pretty vocal about how disgusted they are with how they're running the ship right now. Um, but that being said, I don't think they told them straight out like, yeah, we know we suck this year, but next year. I think, and this is a legit thing, like this is known, there is an appeal for guys who are rehabbing to prefer the Red Sox because their oh, medical yes. team is top flight, best hospitals around, the rehab team's incredible. Like, So I think that played a role. And then also, like, look, you come back this year, you're not going to be the closer, and then next year you're going to be the closer and we'll be better than we are right now next year. I doubt they were dumb enough to say we're going all out next year. We're going to do everything we can to win. I think it was just more so like, a, listen, we pay a little bit of money, you rehab here. Next year, you step out of the closure roll nice and smooth, and we'll probably be better next year. Like, I think it was more of like a give and take. Because I think there it's known that players do like to rehab, and they yeah, have like, high admiration awesome. for the rehab team. Over and over again, these guys pick it. We saw it with James Paxton, and he heard it from Matt Strom, I want to say, gave rave reviews about yeah. the medical staff. And I think Strom said he heard it from Moreland. And then pa Paxton probably relays that to the other guy. Like, you, Michael Fulmer's rehabbing here. Like, it's not and like Paxton. the Red Sox are the only team that's interested in getting these two-year deals where you rehab the first year, and then they come out swinging the second. So I, I agree, Pat. I think the medical staff which is one of the most well-renowned medical staffs in the league, if not the most, had to play a big role in this. Could this be a bad thing? There, this is It's getting ridiculous. What, Fulmer, Paxton, Hendricks. There's another one I'm forgetting. But it's just like, can we? Okay, I, I got to be careful how I frame this. It's good to sign guys that you can rehab and you get to keep them at a lower price. But I don't want that to be the like, 
go-to. You're saying has- not at the expense. You're saying not at the expense of guys who can help you today. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's what I should have said. It's just, I don't, again, it's not a bad thing. It's just how many of these guys are we going to have? Well, we it, yeah. And it's a, it's a closer right now, rehabbing for 2025. And then who's going to be rehabbing for 2026? You know, it's one thing when the team is good and you have a guy rehabbing that's going to join. It's another thing when the team has finished in last place two years in a row and they're probably going to do it again and you got guys coming here to rehab. It, it's just, it really depends on how good the team is, how I view the situation like this. Well, yeah, it, it would it would make a whole hunk of difference if you had a complete roster and it's like, yeah, we're going to spend a little bit of extra money to get this closer in the fold because we can get him at a discount because he's hurt. But now... We're, and we're going to talk about this. We're hearing things about a 200 to $210 million budget. The Hendricks signing takes them to around 206. And it's like, okay, now you're, you're signing a guy who's not going to be able to help you this year pretty much. And you're doing that at the expense of guys, maybe, maybe signing another bat. Maybe you decrease, maybe you trade Jansen and, and sign Jordan Montgomery. I don't know. I'm just saying like, there are now other things that they potentially cannot do under their budget. Cause they're taking a guy in. Uh, that's going to be basically a 2025 thing. Gordo, can I can I read you a great tweet from my favorite Red Sox account that I talk about all the time? Red Sox stats. Please. This is just this is beautiful. This is from yesterday, from uh, Monday the 19th. It says the Red Sox entered the start of free agency with a 199 million dollar payroll for 2024. <laughs> on the first full day. On the first day of full squad spring training, they signed Liam Hendricks for five million AAV, and their projected 2024 payroll moves to 206 million. <laughs> They've increased payroll by seven million after two last place finishes. And hold on, back up, Sammy. They haven't they haven't increased payroll from the last place seasons. They've oh, increased they increase- payroll from what it was at the start of the off season. You're they right. You're that. right. Even worse. What was it last year? Wasn't it like two twenty? I think it was two twenty five. Okay, so even worse. I didn't. Even Way know. worse. <laughs> God, this sucks. You guys having fun? Yeah, and uh, we're we're gonna get into some ownership stuff because they they made their annual trip to spring training, which I think maybe some people are surprised they're still doing. But one more thing on the uh, one more thing on. Why am I forgetting his name? Liam Hendricks? Jesus. One more thing on Liam Hendricks. Do you guys think that Kenley Jansen here is kind of being hung out to dry? Dude, if I'm Kenley, I'm already out of Fort Myers. Think about I'm it. So livid if I'm Kenley Jansen. Think about it. You you've basically brought in his replacement. And not only that, you can't even make the argument that this guy is not being brought here to close. Because in 2025, and I know Kenley's not under contract for 2025, but when you live in a place, like there's obviously a hope that you might be able to stay in that place. But Liam Hendricks has half of his incentives tied to games finished. The Red Sox are telling you that Kenley Jansen will most certainly not be re-signed next year. Next year. So, yeah, I don't know. I If I were Kenley Jansen, I, I you've been dicked around all offseason, and now you got this, just, just add another... Another whatever. I don't know. I don't have an expression for it. But it's, to add the another. Point, it's to the point where it's so disrespectful right now. Mm-hmm. You have to do the most respectful thing and just send him back to L.A. for whatever you can recoup. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. That's that's well said, Pat. Just get like 
ha- have an ounce of like respect, have a spine. You set him you basically, free. You basically sold this guy on a fake plan and you told him what after it was too late that, yo, hey, this plan actually isn't happening. Whether you in, initially thought it would happen or not, you're screwing over this guy. He's 35 years old. He's still good. He doesn't have that much time left. And as Rob said on our last show, what he wants to do is close out the World Series because he hasn't had the chance to do that. So I hope genuinely, sorry, Red Sox fans, I hope they trade him to the Dodgers for whoever because he deserves that. This is just, it's gross. Gross mismanagement of a Hall of Fame player who has been nothing but great for the team and the organization. He hasn't been outspoken. He could have thrown these guys under the bus so easily. Hasn't done that. I hope he gets traded to a contender. Ideally, the Dodgers, Phillies would be great. Just send him somewhere where he can win. He deserves that. Somewhere where he'll be happier than here, have a better chance to win than here. I know he wanted to do it here, but I mean, the writing is so on the wall that it's not happening this year and he's not under contract. And now you got a guy that's basically contractually going to be the closer next year. So I just, yeah, give the guy, give the guy what he deserves. He's a legend of the game. Like he can't keep dicking this guy around. Could you guys ever have imagined talking about the Red Sox like this? Like saying, get this player out of here because he deserves better and he's a good guy. Like that is so gross, especially when you're a team with the resources like the Red Sox. It's just, it's pathetic. It is. And it, it, it's it's actually kind of funny because now I'm I'm just I'm remembering so much of what we talked about last show. And I, I made a point at some point in that show where I where I said something along the lines of if you're going to treat Kenley Jansen like this, what does that say to the rest of the league? And it's kind of funny that the very next day they ended up signing a closer to a two year deal when I was literally just saying that, like some treating Kenley like this might make guys second guess wanting to come here. It might, it might really just be about the money. And in Liam Hendricks case about the medical staff, I don't know. Any, I think your point still stands, though, Gordo, because like we just talked can't about, help. yeah, he's rehabbing Red Sox. Massachusetts in general has a good reputation for medical stuff. So fantastic. Hey, if you're injured, come to the Red Sox. Woo-hoo! We got Pat Brown, too. He can help. Look at that. There's a lot of pitchers coming up on free agency. So like if Walker Bueller needs a second Tommy John, he's going to be a free agent. Third. Third? Third. He got okay. one when he was at um, Vanderbilt. Okay, then uh, new bit on check like that. Red Sox Twitter is going to be every time somebody goes down with Tommy John surgery, it'll be like, oh, year and a half from now, they're going to sign with the Reds. Or a year from now, they're going to sign with the Red Sox and not be the same or maybe be better. Just We need to make a video. You know the Belichick walking into that Lions game where he doesn't high-five the fans that everyone yeah. posts whenever the Patriots are going to do something? They need Someone needs to put Breslow's head on that, and every time a guy gets hurt, that's the video. Yeah, and like Photoshop a like a nurse gown on him for the medical. No, we have to get the scene. We have to get the scene from the Dark Knight when the Joker walks out in the nurse's uniform with the building blowing up behind him, and put Craig Breslow's face on that for when Brandon Woodruff gets hurt again. But (laughs) put it in reverse. Put it in reverse, so it's he's walking towards the hospital. (laughs) You're getting on this. Oh yeah, (laughs) he's going to the hospital, not away from it. Fantastic. This is the new Boston Red Sox. <laughs> yep. And uh let's let's just get into it, man, because we got a ownership made their their annual trip to Fort Myers. And we were we were under the impression that John Henry was gonna speak. We thought that Henry was gonna speak to oh. the media. No, we well, who who I who, who did? Take me out of that. I, I did not think that. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, no you're way. alone on this one, Gordo. No, did we talk about this? Didn't we talk I, about this the day before? No, no, we said it was a possibility. I know I would never think that he would. I'm surprised he even showed up. I thought he would have a scheduling issue or like forget that <laughs> yeah. we were still a team. Well, whatever. They showed up to many surprise. Because honestly, if you'd asked me a few a week ago if I thought ownership was going to show up, I might have said no. But it, they do every year show up to this opening meeting or whatever. And by God, I mean, we'll get into that. But they showed up. Uh, the media asked them to talk. Henry laughed at them and said no. And in the span of two days since we last showed up to the, these cameras and did our recording and pulled out the mics, this is what has happened. Kenley Jansen said everything he said, said that their plan changed, all that stuff we just talked about. Ownership showed up and laughed at the media. Sam Kennedy got in front of the mic and said Pedroia, in essence, ripped him a new one over a FaceTime. And then Rafi Devers go, goes out in front of the media and says, basically, the front office is not giving us what we need and we need more. And that's in the span of of two days since we last. Like, let me let me just get on my soapbox here for a second, because we we do these shows three days a week and it is it would be really difficult for us to just get up here and shit talk ownership and shit talk the front office and shit talk the organization every single time we do these shows, it would be really hard for us to just get up here and do that every time. And we don't do that. Like that's one thing I think that makes us good is we, we jump outside of that. Cause if you, if you podcast about the Red Sox once a week, that's probably going to be the topic of discussion because things come out over the course of the week, but we go beyond that. And we, we talk about the team and we, I don't want to say we're positive cause it's, it's almost impossible to be positive this off season, but we, we go beyond the ownership negativity. But the truth of the matter is we have still talked about this so many goddamn times. And it's because every two day span between recordings, something new that they've done or some new report comes out and we have to talk about it. And this is just four more examples right here of us having to talk about and break down ownership doing wrong things, people having bad vibes about what ownership is doing. And this time, it's important people. Like, this is one of the legends of your organization. This is a future Hall of Fame closer that you signed. This is your franchise player, also hopefully a future Hall of Famer, if things go right, Rafi Devers. There's just no escaping it, and it's all their fault. But we got to break this thing down one by one, like... I don't even know where we want to start. Do we want to start? I don't know. Someone, what do you guys decide? Well, let's go in order. We already discussed Kenley. We don't have to lament that again. We we did a whole segment about that, which was great. Check out our uh, episode 41 if you haven't heard that yet. Um, I guess we start with Pedroia, which we don't have too much info on. You know, we we got a little bit, but what do you guys think he said? Because I have, my mind is just racing of Pedroia. Like, I, I bet his face was like this close to the camera. Like he was probably in the camera just yelling like he was probably saying what we say. Like, what are you doing? We all know what you need. You need a pitcher, a good one. Jordan Montgomery is literally in your backyard. How many times do you have to be told this before you do something? And John Henry was probably like, Jim Montgomery is a good coach. Go Bruins. Pedroia was like, God damn it, dude. I know what I was talking about. The way I envision it is – 
the phone call or the face, uh, let me, the FaceTime, Pedroia perceived as a phone call. So the phone's starting up here, but Sam Kennedy is on the screen. And then Pedroia just proceeds to say, did you lose your fucking checkbook? Are you fucking stupid? Do I need to come down there and kick your ass? That's a, the spark notes of how I think this went. I think that's about, I like that. I like <laughs> I mean, he probably takes personal offense to it because this is the organization he spent his whole career with. This is the organization like, you know how fans are like basically tied to teams forever. You can't leave your team like if you're a player, you can leave it, leave the team and sign somewhere else. But but us as fans, we we have to stay here. Pedroia played his whole career with that organization. He's just like us. He's stuck with them. So, yeah, I think he takes personal offense. And Coop's saying it in the chat right now. I'll, I'll repeat what he's saying. But Pedroia helped build – I don't want to call the Red Sox of the of the mid to late 2000s a dynasty because it wasn't a dynasty, but it was it was the premier organization in the sport. And Pedroia built that. Pedroia was one of, one of the hands that built that. Was he, he was here for the 18 World Series. He was here for – he was a – Key part in 07 and 13, and and he was there and obviously integral for off-the-field reasons in 18. He built this thing, man. Like He's got to take personal offense when he gets on the phone with, with Sam Kennedy and sees all the GMs back there. And, and honestly, he probably said, what the fuck? Yeah, and it's also frustrating. You have to consider that Pedroia is probably a lot like us in that he watches 100-plus games a year. He doesn't want to watch a bad product for the third fucking year in a row it's just and again i've said this a thousand times on this show the most frustrating part of all of this is how obvious the fix is and i'm not saying a fix that makes you into a world series favorite i'm saying a fix that gives you a decent chance to make the playoffs and we can leave it at that simple Coop. yeah uh this sucks it sucks and, and i think like pedroia going off um, I don't know who made the first phone call to create that interaction. I know Sam Kennedy said that Pedroia called him. I don't know why Pedroia would ever want to call the front office out of nowhere. Like what is like he's on coincidentally right now. Coincidentally, while they're all at dinner. Yeah, I thought them, that was very weird wording, front. and I also think it's very weird that front like Sam Kennedy would bring that up as like it just drives your PR down, especially the comment he made about. John Henry, which I'm sure you guys are going to talk about. Um, but like to go back to like the taking pride in what you built. The Red Sox are a historic team. Before they won the World Series, they were already a pillar in baseball, like not just Major League Baseball, but baseball in general. They didn't have, you know, the titles that the Yankees did. They didn't have like the star power that the Dodgers had, but they were a fixture in baseball. They helped get baseball to where it was like, for as long as baseball has been part of this country, the Red Sox have kind of been there. What turned in the 2000s was when they started finally winning championships. 04, when they finally buried an 86-year-old curse. That was wiped away. From then on out, it became, we are championship contenders. And there was a three-year gap. Then they won a championship. There was a six-year gap six-year gap then they won a championship then there was a five-year gap and then they won a championship 
every time in one of those gaps, yeah, they bottomed out and they had those valleys that I know the nerds love to point out and say, that's what we're trying to avoid with Heim Bloom, our North Star. Um, but at some point, you have to realize that all those championships were made by paying people. And yeah, you weren't always outright paying people or outright, outright growing prospects like pitchers. Uh, because we've talked about that in previous podcasts where a lot of the big name pitchers that have carried them to a world series didn't come up through the system. They paid for them. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, is that they don't know who they are anymore because they are banking on the fact that they are just the brand name Red Sox. They're trying to be Gucci. This isn't clothing. This isn't sports cars. This isn't, you know, I don't know, Wagyu beef. This is sports at the end of the day. Uh, Wagyu beef is pretty good. You can compare yourself to those things. You can compare yourself to a luxury brand and try and jack up prices for tickets or for residential areas. But at the end of the day, what made you who you are and what Pedroia, I'm sure, is frustrated that he no longer sees is the fact that they aren't championship contenders anymore. And Alex Cora made the comment of like the North Star. Like you get distracted when you're chasing that North Star. And when you have your manager who isn't part of the front office, but he's the first person talking to them about what needs to happen on the field, when he's now pointing out all the flaws that are happening out in the open to everyone, like that just shows what is wrong with ownership. And I'm not saying sell. I'm not saying that John Henry is Satan come back to life. Uh, it feels like it. But at some point, it's just kind of like, you got to figure this out because you are going to lose that like fan base. And it's not even just that you're going to start losing a lot of the guys that helped build you to this point of $5 billion. You don't own Liverpool without the Red Sox. You don't own the Pittsburgh Penguins without the Red Sox. You don't own a NASCAR team without the Red Sox. You aren't Fenway sports group without the Red Sox. So how about you go back to doing that exact thing? Cause it's frustrating at this point. you're not like David Ortiz does not look interested at winter weekend. And that's a product of ownership, just doing absolutely nothing. Raphael comes into camp. Yeah. Like everyone is frustrated at this point. And it's just, at what point are you running a business? Because you have all the heads and the board, Sam Kennedy taking jabs at your principal owner. You have Tom Werner, not actually knowing what's the business plan. Like if, this was a Fortune 500 company, they would most likely be bankrupt. Like it's so poorly run. And from the PR perspective, like it's, I don't know. They lied. Yeah. They lied. Like even as recently, like Tom Werner said uh, in this interview with Sean McAdam that they don't have any built-in restrictions for Breslow and they just trust that he's going to build them a contender. And then literally a month later, like it's been a month since that. Oh, and now, Liam, now Kennedy, Liam, uh, Skiffington pointed it out. It's, it's no, but Coop, getting yeah, tickets. Agreed. Sales. Agreed. It's a, but, but Werner says that. And now a month later, Kennedy comes out and says that they have set a budget for Craig Breslow. And obviously Chris Cattell has reported that that's 200 to $210 million, but it's just, I don't know how many times I've said that they would earn so much goodwill with their fan base if they just had a little ounce of dignity and were honest. Like we we can see They've it happening. It. They've ruined it. Like I don't think they can come out and be honest. I think what they're doing now is outright being honest. I we started at Winter Weekend when Sam Kennedy came out and it was just like, yeah, this stinks. This isn't who we're supposed to be. But it, it's 
no one wants to hear that anymore. Like people just want to see you like take action. Like we're so tired of you What's doing honesty, absolutely though? nothing and just still like talk is cheap now. It's literally like oh, it's so cheap. Inflation it's these days, it's crazy, and it affected talk a whole lot. People are struggling. They can't talk anymore because it's so cheap. Uh, but it's just it gets to the point where it's just grinding your gears down and it's not an interesting product. Like anything that they've done in the past, what, since 2019, they haven't had any consistency. Like they're at this point where they're saying, oh, well, we have, we have Tristan Cassis. We're going to pay him. And we have Raphael Devers. We're going to pay him. And we had these issues with the books back in 2019. So that's why we couldn't sign all these other guys that we grown. But how do we know we're not going to get to, what, 2026, 2027, when you still have to start paying Marcelo Meyer, or you have to start paying Roman Anthony, or you have to start paying Kyle Teal eventually? Are we going to look at it and be like, oh, well, we paid Raphael Devers, so we can't afford that anymore? I mean, they're probably going to probably going to walk. I mean, if you go if you go on recent trends, two out of the three of the quote-unquote pillars, I guess you could say, Luke, Xander, Devers, it's, walk, I walk, walk. I mean, they, yeah. they did – it's. To be fair, they extended Xander once, but like he's still you say what you want about him. Hey, he moved to second base. He's still killing it. He's still putting up good numbers. He would still be hitting third for the Red Sox. And would be the leader of your team. Yeah, be the leader of your team. Probably have better numbers too, because he'd be playing at Fenway. But um yeah, I mean, I, I I think the sad thing is they don't care. They're not thinking that far ahead. They're probably like, How much money are we making? And um, you know, Sam Kennedy can call me a liar for that, but fucking prove me wrong then, Sam. Little Sambo, only room for one of us here in Boston. So prove me wrong. He's not gonna. That to go back to your to your point about the uh, young guys coming up and like if they could walk and stuff. That might be the one encouraging piece of uh, piece of info to come out of this whole ownership trip is that Sam Kennedy's once again reiterated that extending young players is gonna be a priority for them, and that's one thing they are seeking to improve and. They want to get those conversations started earlier. And obviously Tristan Casas and Brian Bayo at different points this offseason have said that the Red Sox approached them. And I know that the offers that they were given were not quote unquote enticing, but the fact that they're starting those conversations shows that at least their head is in the right place in that regard. I don't know. It's it's we're grasping at straws because they've done so much wrong. How do you put any weight into anything that Sam Kennedy says? He says something different every time. Talks out of both sides of his mouth. It's he true. calls us liars. He tells you one thing and another thing happens. And they've been trying All to make up for a great commissioner. Yeah. What? That's what? yeah. Agree. No. Oh, Coop's yeah. right. His name is being thrown around as commissioner, which is wild to me. That guy no, should be out of the he's job. He's perfect. No, he's yeah, perfect for it. He's great at saying absolutely nothing. Uh, and, he's perfect for commissioner. That's why I don't want Theo to win. It's not a good. I don't want Theo to be commissioner. Everyone the hates com- the commissioner. The commissioner just st- sits there and takes bullets for the owners. That's what Sam Kennedy's been doing Can for I, well, years. What if we had a David Stern of a commissioner? Like, what if there's a crazy world where like baseball fans can be happy with their commissioner? That's it's the owners, lot. man. I mean, Manfred, steroids. Steroids. Manfred could have been a beloved owner. He or owner, excuse me, commissioner. He made some great changes with the rules and everything, and then he makes stupid comments and people hate him. I'm fine with Manfred. I know people don't like him. I'm fine with him, but like he could have been that guy. But you're just a you're a meat shield, which is what Sam Kennedy is. He's a friggin' meat. He's that meme with the soldier with their arms spread out, with the bullets and arrows going into his back, protecting the sleeping kid. And John Henry's the sleeping kid that Sam Kennedy's taking bullets for. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. But no, I don't. I, I know what you're saying. 
Oh, thank you. Appreciate you. But uh, no, Sam Jones, he's, he's a he's a human meat shield. So yeah, I could see him being the commissioner, which is sorry, not a compliment. That's why I don't want Theo to be the commissioner. It's a you almost always get looked at negatively, and Theo's he could do something better. He could own a team and be a beloved owner like pre twenty twenty John Henry. He could lead an expansion team to a title within the first three to five years, and then he'll have ended two curses and done what I don't want to say is the impossible because the Diamondbacks kind of did it, but what is seen as insanely difficult. Theo, in that article that Coop's referencing that brought up Sam Kennedy and Theo, uh, it said that he would only do it if he were convinced that he could enact positive change on the game. I don't know how he's ever going to be convinced of that just based off of how Rob Manfred's entire tenure went. I just... I don't see it with him, at least Kennedy. Who knows? Because I he he needs to get out of this city. He needs to get away from this team. This has got to be taking years off his life doing this. It's so bad. But let we should uh, we should talk about the Rafi comments. We oh yeah, that's, that's the best one of all of these. This is number one. That's the number one. And uh, I'll I'll preface it. I have a I have two of them in front of me. I think it's the two important ones. I'll read them off. So he said about the front office. They need to make an adjustment to help us players be in a better position to win. Everybody in this organization wants to win. We as players want to win. I think they need to make adjustments to help us win. And then he went on to say, everybody knows what we need. You know what we need. They know what we need. There's some things I can't say out loud. Everybody that knows the organization and knows the game well knows what we need. And then he was asked if he had said these things to the front office. And he said, yes, he's talked to the front office about this and ownership. So this is, this is a guy and this is just my two cents on the Rafi thing, but this is a guy who has been here. This is what year seven ish, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 22, 22. This is year eight. This is year eight here. And he has basically never said anything like he has always been content to lay back and kind of just chill and hit homers and let, let, let Xander talk. And I'm not, this isn't like to bash Rafi because I think it's just his personality, but he does not want to be at the forefront talking to the media, being the face of the team. He he like he cringes at the at the idea of being the face of the organization, and he certainly never is going to come out and criticize. And the fact that he felt that he needed to come out here and say things today, I think says a lot about where this team is. You know what else says a lot? You already posted it, Gordo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. The chonk. Dude, he looks miserable in his book. Well, actually, yeah, we, we'll talk about that too. He does not look like he's in great shape, but um, I mean, he looks... He already looks not happy. I saw one reporter post a picture of him smiling, and they're like, the happiest smile in baseball. And I'm like, that doesn't look like a happy smile. That looks like a, like, oh, my God, this is stupid. This is like day four of a long season. I just, it's so neglectful. I'm glad that Rafi's speaking up. I know that it's, I'm not of the belief that he can't be a leader because he can't communicate with, like, half his teammates, the language barrier. He speaks it. yeah, but he, he does he does what he can, and I think this is a good step in the right direction. Um, I do want to give a shout to uh, our friend Jake O'Donnell, who made a good point, and he said, you know, this kind of like devil's advocate-ish, but he said um, basically that he hopes this doesn't rub the players on the team the wrong way, like that Rafi's questioning their skill. And, you know, that, that it could happen, but I think that the vast majority of these guys are pretty united in the fact that they know they need pitching. They want. It's, they they know their own team. They yeah, get no, it. It's a, fair, it's a fair point to make, but I think like, uh, man, you, you gotta like you have to understand if you're a player. At what on one hand you have to have that self belief of like the f you I got here, so therefore I'm capable. But how do you see this team from 2023 and not think, holy shit, they need at least two pitchers? And now here we are, and we're like, maybe they had a second one. Probably not. I mean, do you guys think the latter? I'm still fairly confident they're going to sign Montgomery. I know you guys think I'm crazy for that. Do you guys think they'll even get another pitcher? No, I don't either. (laughs) I think I think they had a tiny bit of cash left to spend, and they spent it on Liam Hendricks. I think that's what they did. Awesome. (laughs) Who's hurt? Who's like a hurt position player that they could get? I can't believe they didn't go after Hoskins. He was Hoskins was. The, was no, my it's because he's it's because he's healthy to start the season, Sammy. If he if he were missing half the season, then then we could have talked. Crone, CJ Crone, is he still hurt? If he's hurt, they got a shot. Oh, oh. What if what if what if Montgomery trips, breaks his ankle, and the Red Sox are like that's our guy? 
Yeah, Do you think he's, he's in Boston he's still? Fort Myers. If he's still in Boston, living here, then uh, then maybe he'll slip on some ice and break his elbow, and bam! All of a sudden, he signed. Someone's got to get in his ear and be like, "Break your finger, dude! You want this contract? Break your finger." Yeah, they'll put in incentives that you can hit. Just break, break, break a small bone. And you'll have sign. to, you'll have to sign for very little the first year, and you probably won't pitch. But like after that, you're good to go, man. They got a great medical staff, like. This is the org for you. If you want, if you want to be in Boston, this is the path. This is the path that Liam Hendricks took. It's do you guys think I, Paxton took? Do I have a shot to get a contract from the Red Sox if I break my arm right now? Uh outside chance. It's tough because I feel like generally you have to have some prior big leagues, big league experience. Well, I hit seventy eight on the gun at Winter Weekend. Okay. That's good, and and like and that's without like any coaching. Like you could be built up; they'll put you in the pitching program. It was also hungover, so imagine me oh. not hungover without with rehab from the arm that I'm going to break right after this podcast and get that contract. So it's like uh, it's like how they remember they picked Whitlock in the Rule Five draft because of like an Instagram video they saw. That's you. They they will see your potential in that video. See that you've now broken your elbow. And now you're how signed. Not, how did we not think that was a red flag? Like looking back, like I know it worked out and everything, but <laughs> is it true? Did you guys really sign this guy? Because you saw an Instagram video. Nobody talks about that. That is a, it's a major red flag. That's crazy. Or maybe it's a green flag. Maybe that was just one of the gazillion little pinpoints of research they did. And they're like, oh, it's pushing me over, man. Rule five pick Garrett Whitlock. I'm 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 half kidding. They definitely did more than that. But people say that like it's a good thing. They saw him on Instagram, buddy, and they fucking signed him. They know, they know when he's good. They saw the video. Well, not for nothing, Sammy, but uh I'm pretty sure Sandlin, the Sandman, who they just got for John Schreiber, I'm pretty sure he had a, a video somewhere on social media this year of him throwing at a higher velocity than he'd been throwing last year. I think that's out there somewhere. So maybe 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 it maybe yeah, they strike twice. The driveline video, right? Oh, was it a driveline? Oh, it's yeah. It's a driveline video. He hit like 101. Well, yeah. they're got Kyle Bodie or Body. We still don't know. Do we not have a, a company? Bodie. Kyle Bodie. So, driveline, driveline. Maybe there's some symmetry. And hey, by 2026, Red Sox might have their fourth starter. Hell yeah. You guys hyped? Come on. Yeah. Hyped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay. You. To back to get back to the Devers thing, yes, I, so. I saw a bunch of articles coming out today, and I'm curious of your guys' take. Uh, and if you guys haven't read the articles, then that might be good for this for the segment. But there, the the mindset of a lot of the media, and I don't know if this is if this is writing or if this is like true belief. I don't know, but a lot of people in our media area right now are saying that Rafi Devers saying what he said is him taking the step forward into the leadership role that his contract says he should be stepping into. Pat Pat you've got a you got a grimace on your face. Do you do you buy into that at all? I th- I think there's a difference between speaking up and being a leader. I think Devers is using his platform as like the star of the team to advocate for like, oh, like we want change, blah, blah, blah. I think that's different from leading. Like what Trevor Story is doing is leading. Like he's rallying the clubhouse. He's 
like integrating the new guys. He's working on things before training camp. Like that's like clubhouse leader right there. Raf is doing something different, which, but I will preface. I do like what he did. He did the right thing. That's just using his voice and his platform as the star of the team to advocate for and who knows, maybe that kind of is the vibe in the clubhouse. Maybe everyone's kind of like, we want something. So yeah, maybe he's like speak, like, I don't want to be cliche, but like speaking for the voiceless, you know, but I don't think that's necessarily leading what Trevor story, what Tristan Casas, what Kenley does. That's being like the clubhouse leader. He's rallying the guys in the clubhouse, getting everyone together, improving everybody. Rafi is just using his platform, which I am a fan of because that is a step forward to toward leadership. I don't think it is leadership. I, I agree with that, Pat. And and when I when I thought about what Rafi said, first off, like I watched the press conference. He he did try to give the whole I control what I can control and like I I'll let them do what they're gonna do. I I also kind of see it like that, but I you you have to look at the at the who's in this clubhouse and ask yourself if they have the ability, the right, like if it would make even a little bit of sense for them to speak, like just to give you an outlandish example, imagine if like, I don't know if uh, Reese McGuire came out and said, we need to do these things. We need to make these additions. If Bobby Dahlbeck was like, we need to add like every, almost everyone in that clubhouse has like less than three years of big league service time is not a star play like Ref Snyder obviously has like more experience, but he's like a backup, so he's not going to speak. Trevor Story is making money and he's leading the like in a great way, but he hasn't performed the last two years. So in a way, who is he to call out ownership in in the front office in the media? Kenley's got that cachet, but he's on an expiring deal and he could get traded at any moment. Like, how many guys can realistically say these things? Like Casas and Bayo are so young. Maybe Pavetta could say something. I don't know. Like it's it's basically Devers or bust. What about Veritech? He's not talking to the media. Well, he could talk to the owners. I'm just I'm just trying to think of. Somebody. Oh yes, he could go to the owners and say it. Oh, you're talking about saying it to the media. Talking about saying it in the media. Oh, well, you can't. I mean, yeah, you, like you're trying to earn a contract with the these owners. You can't throw them under the bus. Actually, maybe you want to because you know they're not going to give you a contract. So. Never mind. Or maybe you forced their hand into giving you a contract. I don't think they can be forced into. I mean, they have been bullied (laughs) more than anyone has ever been bullied. They are. John Henry was the owner of four World Series winning Red Sox teams, most notably the one that broke the 86 year curse. And everyone in Boston fucking hates him. How hard is that? that That is so hard to do. Like, he'll probably still be looked at as the best owner in the history of the Boston Red Sox. And everyone hates him. Like, I don't think he's going to, I don't know. He doesn't give a shit, man. He's making money. That's all he cares about. This was the year that Red Sox Nation learned about capitalism in a painful, painful way. But that's, but that's the issue is like so many, look at, look around baseball and look at how many teams, A, have lower payrolls than the Red Sox and B, have had lower payrolls than the Red Sox every year for the last 20 years. Like there's so many of them and their fans aren't talking like the Red Sox fans are. Their media is not covering their team like the Red Sox media is covering this team. And it's because John Henry set an expectation and it has nothing to do with winning the World Series. It has everything to do with being one of the top spenders in the sport year in and year out and only taking dips to duck the tax and reset it. 
It w- there was there's never been a back to like he set this expectation and now he's just gone completely back on it and everyone wants to know why but they don't talk so it forces them into this coverage and everyone's going to talk this is just going to be the noise you hear I have a question for you guys and this might sound a little crazy do you think this might in part be a symptom of the new playoff structure whereas you don't yes. really need to you don't have to go for it as much you can have a team like who snuck in. Oh, uh, Arizona. Arizona. Perfect example. The Phillies the year before. Yeah, Phillies. The Braves. The, the Braves yeah, year they won the World Series. All right. But yeah, okay. The, you know, there's no perfect example. I think Arizona would be the best example. Um, like they barely spent any money. So I'm thinking like, what if John Henry saw that and was like, well, we don't need to spend. Look at Arizona. Nah, they didn't They didn't spend and they made it to World Series. We can do that. My, that could be I don't think that's too crazy. I also don't think it's a bad mindset to have. You just have to get your roster to a position where you can at least project them to get 85 wins. The Red Sox aren't yeah. there. So spend until you're spend until you get to the point where your homegrown guys are going to get you to that 85 win mark. It's the Jerry Depoto thing. It's 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 crazy how much Jordan Montgomery would do for this team. I think it's it would be huge. Like not That's only do you add, you add a good pitcher, of course, but like the vibe changes. You suddenly aren't as afraid of your bullpen being burnt out by like July again. It just changes so much, and it's so it's right in front of them, and they're just John Henry's just neglecting. And I really do think it's Henry. I don't know if you guys yes. uh, what was it yeah. Tomasi? Was that Tomasi? He cooked. he cooked. You were right, Sammy. He cooked. He fucking cooked. And he was—he kind of insinuated, like, "Yo, don't be mad at, uh, don't be mad at uh, Werner and Kennedy. Like, it's John Henry, man. Like, maybe—and th- this is a, this is another kind of crazy theory. Maybe Tom Werner meant the full throttle thing, because he's what's he owned ten percent of the Red Sox or of Fenway Sports Group, whatever. I think a little bit more than ten. Okay, so ten. He, like, he owns a lot, but that's not like it doesn't give him the power to make the decisions. John Henry right. has enough enough equity to make the final say on any decision that's made. So maybe the reason that like we've seen the visual frustration from Kennedy and Werner, maybe they maybe it's true. Maybe they really do want to spend. And maybe it is John Henry. And of course, this is all just, you know, just just guessing, educated guesses, but like I don't know. I could I I I could buy that, could sell me on that. Tomasi. He, I say what you want about him, but like, he bubbled those basses, man. He cooked them. <laughs> That's good. Still uh, no, no he's, pitchers. He, he's gotten. He's kind of. He's kind of been on the money all off season. Like I, I, I get when the when the team is good and people want to pour cold water. It's frustrating, but when the team's in a state like this and a guy saying spitting bars like that, you got to listen, man. It's good stuff. Yeah. We've never been this much on the same page as like a community, like the entire Red Sox community, like the nerds, the boomers, the reporters, the like diehard fans, the casual fans, the players, the people around the team, the coaches, they're all thinking the same thing at the same time. It's kind of nice in that way. There's the little silver lining for you. We're all aligned that the Red Sox need to add pitching and we're all aligned in that we think they probably won't except for me i think they're gonna yeah except you i'm the only one roommate i'm on this island because i have to die on the island but uh, no i genuinely think there's still a chance they sign montgomery if they sign montgomery i think we're gonna need to like 
mute buy me a mute. jersey. We're yeah, gonna yes. Uh, we'll have to start with buying you a a, a non four hundred dollar. Yeah, we're going to DHgate. We're not we're not paying four hundred bucks. But we're also gonna have to mute me and Pat and just give Sammy the stage for ten minutes to just cook and and I don't know. I we'll we'll think about it because it's not gonna happen. I don't want to put too much stock into what into the trophy we're gonna give Sammy to a contest he has no chance of winning. But uh, mm-hmm. we shall see. We uh, this is just. Same topic, but different. Not even like necessarily the Red Sox. With how his market has gone, what do you think the contract he ends up signing is? And yes, we're going to reference this when he does sign. I I think that, okay, there's two ways it could go. Someone has to cave. Either a team is going to cave or Montgomery's camp is going to cave. I tend to think, I think Montgomery's going to end up caving, which is really sad for the player. Cave to what? Cave. Really sad. I think he's only going to make like, I think he's going to get like two or three years at like 19 million, 20 Whoa. million. A year. Yeah. A year, a year. No, not in total. A year, which, yeah, poor, poor guy. So that's just the nature of the sport. But like, you know, early in the offseason, he was talking about seven years and then it went down to five. And now we're hearing maybe he'd take three or four for a little higher. That might be a little low on the, uh, average annual value that I gave, but something in that ballpark, like low twenties. I think, I think you're, you're right on the AAV. I, I think that there's other Boris client, like maybe Matt Chapman is in the camp of the guy who has to kind of cable. I think, I still think Monty's going to end up with five years, a hundred. Matt Chapman strikes me as like what Marcus Simeon was a couple years ago. Like he's going to take a one year and then rehit the market. That's because I don't think any team's going to pay him. It's about the pick. Like to me, yeah. like George, Jordan Montgomery could still get the money he wants because it's all it's just money. Yeah. I think that he ends up signing like a five year one ten, twenty two million AAB. Okay, let's let's write this down. Uh I got it. I got okay. it. Sammy Sammy was three, what three years sixty? I'll go three years sixty sixty nine. Not even joking. Three years sixty nine. Fucking gross. So twenty three. That's twenty three year, correct? Math. Yes. All right. I'm I'm five years a hundred, and Pat is five years a hundred ten. All good. Coop. Yeah, Coop. You want to weigh in on this? Coop, do you want a a Jordan Montgomery contract prediction? Put it in the chat. No, you got it. You come. In. I mean, I, to be completely honest, I would give him the moon at this point, just because I want to <laughs> see the Red Sox make the playoffs. But what do you think he gets? A prediction for what? What does he oh, get when it's all said and done? Uh, is it crazy to say four years? No. no. Sammy said three. Yeah, oh, I said I three. I think he's. I don't think he's going to get the years. That's why. That's why I think it's going to be short term. Uh, I'm going to say four. One forty. Oh, whoa! I what like does that math. Come out to. Uh, that would be about thirty-five-ish. I think. No, that's yeah. so high. That's way too Maybe high. Five, five, go five one forty. That would make sense. Five one forty. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that's kind of what he that. was projected to get all along. He was projected like five to six for like one fifty to one eighty. I just I don't really follow- see him wanting to get below like that one thirty level. Like, if you're gonna make his day, make his day. It's more of if you were to get him on the short term, you have to be able in the next few years to be like, hey, like we do want to keep you around, like Chris Sale, because we do want to win a World Series. I got a question for you guys. Is this Scott Boris like losing 
the war here. Don't like, don't say that, Sammy. You're gonna jinx it, man. You're gonna Sammy, jinx it. Shut up. Yeah, get yeah. out. No, Just saying. Stop it. No. Saying. All right, we'll see. We'll see. This is how. I mean, he's already he's already cost his player a full spring training. That's done. That's not good. That's a negative on his report card. And I, don't think know, I mean, like, if you're staying warmed as a pitcher, does it actually matter? Like, you're just losing out on time on working with your catchers and working on. I like, think that I think that stuff matters. But I, I don't think it, I don't think it comes even close. I think if you get the contract you want, that stuff is all like not even. I, I know it's water so, bridge. If yeah, you, you reference the guys it. who sign late in spring training, not a great track record. Pitchers of success. Pitchers, yeah. I think it matters for pitchers. They're Like we've said before, the creatures of habit, more so relief pitchers, but still like starters, they have their weekly routine. So um, yeah, man, I, I think it's, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it's crazy to think this might be Boris like slowly taking an L. And he, he might get a little bit of a win, but I think he's certainly not going to get what he thought he was going to get for Montgomery. And how about the even bigger, bigger one out there? Snell. Yeah, you gotta I bet he feels like, like a bag of garbage the way everyone just talks about Montgomery. Snell's gonna yeah. go to the Yankees and it's gonna freaking stink. Oh yeah, he's he's a hundred percent going to the Yankees. It's so obvious. And, and Red Sox fans gonna go, oh, this guy isn't that good. He only throws five innings a game, and we're gonna have to play pretend. And he only it. he's only won two Cy Youngs, guys. He's not that good. Oh, That's yeah. the response. He's unreliable. So therefore, I'm happy the Yankees got both reigning Cy Young award winners. Sick. God, that's going to make – I'm going to be nauseous if I see anyone say that. And people will say that. Oh, sure. yeah, no. It's, it's going to be a terrible day of Twitter discourse. Why, that do, day. why do people cope? Just say this sucks. And when I see the Yankees do something great, I say this fucking sucks. I don't try to turn it into this is actually good. Now, hear me out. Juan Soto may be the best fucking hitter on the planet, <laughs> but they might lose him. So this is good. <laughs> Sick. They might lose him, guys. They Don't might worry, lose man. Him. They might only Keep get going. Have, yeah, you might only get Soto and Judge back to back for one year. Ha <laughs> ha, nerds! And meanwhile, the Red Sox are like, "Well, Trevor's story, he hasn't hit in two years, but maybe he'll be our number three guy. That could be." Ah, oh, God! Can you imagine how much fun we would be, like be having if we traded places with the Yankees right now? We would be oh. relentlessly every day, and I think. I haven't even seen Yankees fans making fun of the Red Sox. They don't even care anymore. The Red Sox are such a joke. They're not even going to punch down at the Red Sox anymore. That's but the Sammy, state of the friggin' team. Think, think about this for a second, though. At the end of the season, I know the Red Sox had a worse record, but the Red Sox were in a better spot than the Yankees. Fewer bad contracts, better farm system. Uh, the Yankees had no offense at all. They basically had, had to start that thing from scratch. You had like Carlos Ordon in your rotation who was overweight and just not getting hurt, not throwing the ball well at all. Like, what was he already in, like, the sixes last year? Like, they had a lot of bad going for him, and they've turned it around in one offseason. I know they got to play the games, but the Red Sox could have done half of what the Yankees did, and we would have been feeling really good about things. I, I just don't, yeah. There's no I, – I haven't – I can't even make fun of the Yankees anymore. The only thing I make fun of is – uh. How Aaron Judge missed like half a season because he stubbed his toe. That's a little bit funny, but yeah, but he looks yoked now. Like he oh yeah, he's gonna hit like fifty three home runs, and Stanton's gonna bounce back and have a decent year. And Volpe's Volpe's really good. People think he sucks, but what, Pat, what are you? What's Pat doing? Coop's looking at me. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, the Yankees are really Man, good. Coop's looking at you. Coop's looking at all of us. 
No, I was looking at Matt. No, he's handsome. No, he's looking at me. Why? What is this? They're being chatted. They have code, man. This is what happens when you have childhood friends. This is what happens when the Red Sox don't do anything fun. Yeah. Sammy, I hear you, though. I I don't like when – shout out Justin MLB. Great great guy. Great follower. (laughs) I hate him trolling Yankee fans now. Like, this is like – the Napoleon <laughs> complex at this point, like, dude, it's no, let him do his anymore. thing. That's his, uh, that's his bit. That's his bit, <laughs> dude. He's, it's he's not funny when you're like on the ground kicking at like the person getting like beating you up. Like, nah, he still pulls it off. Like, I think he pulls no, it off. Like, this is the little brother on his back. He can't defend himself, so he's just using his feet to kick his other brother like away from him. Like that's what it is. I'm sorry. It's funny. It's funny, but it's sometimes I'll. I'll see I'll see like a tweet or someone say something stupid and I'll send it to him. I'll be like, do your thing. <laughs> He's good at it. Yo, this is a good one. And he'll be like, thank you. I'm on it. Boom. You did that. You did that with the Boston Strong tweet today, right? No. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. That's that my enough said. That's my enough said. Okay. Okay. Enough well, said. hold okay. on. Okay. Well, let's let's just we'll move to enough said because we got to do it. Pat, give us your enough said. <laughs> my enough said is I'm, I'm giving you guys some confidential information. This stays between the these uh, the guys here right now in the playpen. David Ortiz did DM me today and tell me the <laughs> truth always hurts. You should see the the tweets I'm getting. I got one that was like Ted Williams just texted me. <laughs> he said that Devers is looking really good in camp. Hold up, so I'm a, I'm a little off the the Twitter. Yeah, here Sammy, right now. Sammy, okay. get, Sammy, get the update because. Sammy, I've, seen Sammy, the, I've seen the tweets. I just don't understand the meme. Sammy I'll made this happen. I'll tell you the story. And I, I, I was, I was, I swear to God, I was being genuine. So this guy, Boston Strong, I assume it's a guy. Um, he tweeted, David Ortiz on the Rafael Devers press conference. Quote: The truth always hurts. Which that's like a big deal if Big Poppy says that. So I said to him, um, I look on Twitter for it, and then I tweet at the guy. I said, Where is this? I really like your account, but you should cite your sources. It would improve your credibility. Right now, it's hard to tell when you're telling the truth because you tweet stuff like this without a source. Just my opinion. Totally nice. I'm trying to help the guy. Like you, you. He does a good job collecting news. Great. But if you get a quote like that, that could be newsworthy, tell us where you got it from. So then the guy goes, there's no need to cite any source because I was just talking to him which was the worst choice of a response ever because the amount of people who are now responding to him and I'm getting all the notifications because I'm on the thread. I kind of feel bad because I I, legit, again, I was trying to help the guy. They're just massacring this guy right now. He's and everyone's posting like, Oh, he blocked me. He blocked me, but you can't do that. You can't say, Oh, I just spoke to David Ortiz and he said X, Y, and Z where prove it. And he goes, I'm not going to put, he said to me, I said, what did I say? I said something like, yo, give me two seconds. I'll find it. This I thought was the most okay noteworthy he part. Said, Cause there was like a, you said something. Yeah. You just say it. He said, there's no need to cite my source, blah, blah, blah. And I said, but how can we believe you? You have no proof, proof other than your word. I'm not saying you're a liar, but you have to show people or nobody's going to believe you. And he said, I get your point, but I'm not showing anybody my personal texts. And I'm like, you just tweeted what he said in quotes. What did you, you responded to him to that. And then he didn't respond to you. And I thought that was the most telling thing. 
I said, but you're comfortable tweeting them out. See how that's fishy? Again, this is just my opinion, though it seems I'm not alone. And I'm like, I don't want to be a dick. Like, I've been really trying hard the last few weeks to not be an asshole to people on the internet because it's a bad habit. And sometimes I snap and I'm like, I always regret it. But I'm like trying to help this kid because he's like, that's so bad. Nobody is ever going to take your word for anything if you do that. And I try to help the guy and he just like, He's he's too like too too good to take the advice and and like not to argue from authority. I went to school for journalism. And I worked at the Globe for three years. Man, that's how it goes. You cite your source, or nobody's going to take your word for it. That's journalism one hundred and one. It's unbelievably simple. So, you know, if this guy wants to stay where he's at and have a few Twitter followers and never never move from there, he has every right to do so. Hey, but. being a grifter is cool. He will, he'll never get a job out of any of this, but being a grifter, be, grifter is cool. You can literally I, like I, I will proudly say like Boston Strong is one of the worst Red Sox accounts out there. Um, <laughs> so, I, I don't mind much on the Twitter sphere anymore, but like the dude, like, he's been the bane of my existence for a while. You I just, don't know. I, I, a, I don't, I don't dislike the account. A lot of people hate the account, and I like understand if you don't like it. I you just do have to double. It's one of those ones you just you have to double check. But I do I do like what they do, and like they were kind of slightly one of one of a few accounts that kind of inspired me to start my account. It was like because I always look at this stuff, I see everything that's out there. So why not just put it out out on Twitter and you gain a following out of that? So I get what they're doing, but yeah, you just you got to be you got to be accurate, and if you're going to tweet something out that you've seen, you got to say where you saw it because I mean, it's just the code. Yeah, I mean, like, you're going to get roasted. Honest, you don't. Like if he did get that from a source and he just got that from nowhere, like that's a big quote. And at the end of the day, he's taking food out of that person's mouth that did get that quote. Cause like, yeah. which he's done, like, which Rob, he's done. Rob is a Rob, great friend of the program. Rob is the best guy in the world. My mentor, uh, he works hard at what he does. Like he builds relationships with players to get quotes that he gets. So when people like rip off his quotes and just put it out there and they do better, like I get frustrated for him because I know like how hard he works at that. And like, that's where I look at like the Boston Strong thing. And I'm like, dude, just quote retweet it or retweet like the article or do what Gordo does and put like the yeah. source and then put the article yeah, right underneath so people can read it. Like it's yeah. so easy to help out these people that really are like, the avenue between a lot of fans and a lot of players. So I, that's a diatribe, whatever. And two, do you know the amount of the, the pop, the pop that this kid, and I assume he's a kid, just the way he talks. I, I assume it's a kid. That's why I don't want to rip on the guy, but do you know the pop he would have gotten if that was a legit quote and he cited it and proved it, you know, just post a picture of it. You put it, the quote out there, post the text blurb. Well, I, I don't know, Sammy, man. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a hard truth real quick. Yeah. Quote probably doesn't exist. Yeah, that's 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 what yeah what? That, 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 that's my point. That's my point is if you're gonna put something like that out, you gotta attribute it or else we all think it's fake and we all do think it's fake and it probably is because I like I don't know. You guys think I was mean to the guy? I don't think no, I was mean. God, no. you were I think this is also so just nice. a product of yeah. Sammy, you could have been the first guy in the world. Look at that mustache. How could that mustache be mean? Fucking knock you out, buddy. Don't look at me the wrong way, all right? That was right. a ricochet Sammy. shot at Sandy. Goddamn, Pat. That, that was me. I'm, I'm so sorry. Hey, well, that whoa. Twitter account has been around for a while. Like, he can't yeah. possibly, like, that Twitter account has been around since I want to say, like, for at least 10 years, I got to say. We, oh, uh, yeah. I remember being at GW and, like, seeing stuff like that for the 20, like, seeing his account during the 2018 World Series. 
Um, but yeah, I'm pulling it up. That account was created in 2014. So yeah. that account is 10, 10 years old, which means if he started that account when he was 12, he's 22. So he's a, like, he didn't start that account when he was 10, right? I don't know. We don't have, we just, whatever. We don't whatever. have to get. Yeah, yeah, we don't. We don't have to. Air it's just out. like we don't have to air the guy out. Sammy, you got Listen, enough. This said- is wasted energy, and this is the product of John Henry not doing anything this off season. So blame him. For I agree. It's John Henry's fault. Coop, yeah, Coop, Henry. Coop has always he's got the right attitude towards it. It's John Henry's Mr. fault. Mister Ratburn looking motherfucker. All right. Yeah. What do uh, you got, Sammy? My enough said. Mike Trout. I don't know how to feel about this. So. Uh, you know, the Angels are a complete dumpster fire. They make the Red Sox look beautiful. That's how bad those guys are. And reporters ask, you know, they ask Mike Trout. They do this every year. Hey, the Angels suck ass. You're really good. Would you want to be traded? Would you play for another team? Stuff like that. And he has this long response. But the thing that he made, first of all, he said no. He doesn't want to be traded. He says. But here's what stood out to me. He goes, I think the biggest thing right now is taking the easy way out is just to ask for a trade. So let's break that down. He says the easy way out would be to pack up his stuff, go to a different team, learn a whole new system, learn a whole new city, play in higher leverage games for a better team with much bigger stakes. That's what he says is the easy way out. Whereas the the way that he's choosing, which you would guess is the difficult, honorable, I guess, way, is to stay where you're at, where you've been for 10 plus years, this dumpster fire team that plays off the side of the highway that has no hope of contending this year, absolutely no hope, less hope than the friggin' Red Sox. Um, I think we all agree on that, and we've been ripping the Red Sox for an hour and nine minutes now. What is he talking about? How is that makes no sense? To, I it kind of made me like Mike Trout a little less, to be totally honest. And I don't want to hate on the guy too much, but like, don't, do you have any desire to win? Is I it just, just all about being cozy and the highway of whatever? Well, yeah, that's what he's saying, Sammy. That, I have a very, I very strongly disagree with that. I think the easy way out is leaving the Angels. He's talking about in terms of his of like to play in the postseason and to win and the easy way to get to that point is joining an already playoff team yeah but it's not like he's gonna play harder because he's on the angels i think that like playing for nothing and like like being out of the spotlight and just being like whatever we suck if we lose it is what it is you're you're not playing under any pressure i don't think that's the harder way i think the i think the easy way out is just staying at the status quo where you've been for 10 years doing the same thing but he's i think that quote was in reference to winning. Yeah. That was in oh. reference to winning a World Series. Yeah. Okay. Well, then if you want the the hardest thing in the world would be to win with the Angels, then sure. That's, that's what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. I think that's what the context was. Sure. But I think the more challenging thing as a baseball player would be for him to challenge himself and go play for a contender and play in the playoffs, you know, something crazy like that. So I don't know. I thought I thought it was kind of weak, man. I don't think that's the easy way out. I think the easy way out is staying where you're at and being status quo and just being content with that. Hey, we lose every year, but maybe someday. And, you know, they, they, I don't know. That's an I, interesting I, I, way to look at it, Sammy. I think I'm on yeah. Pat's boat here. But I, out of, oh, yeah. this just popped into my head. How many trade – we never see trade requests. Remember Brian, Brian Reynolds did it last year, and then he just ended up signing an extension? <laughs> like, Yeah. I, we never get it in baseball. 
I'm sure they would do it if he asked out. I'm sure out of respect for him, they would like try to find a partner. But yeah, requests just, just don't. It just doesn't happen. I just got a DM from Boston Strong. Oh no! I was hoping it was going to be from Big Poppy. <laughs> no, read it. Honestly, read it. Who cares? Uh, no, 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 don't quote it though. So he, we don't know where it comes from. He said. You started a whole drama with the Ortiz quote. You have followed me for a long time. You should know better and trust me. And then he said, You should me, know better, Sammy. You're a 30 something year old oh, adult. You should know better. You should know better and trust me. Dude, you're 46. <laughs> wow. I told he he sent me a screenshot from a, a chat that he says is from David Ortiz. And I said, I just said post it. And I say you'll prove everyone wrong. And Sammy, say, send send that send that send a screenshot of that in our group chat after we're done recording here. I'll do my enough said, and then we'll uh, we'll have to take this off the air. But well, he, he said you, he said you know I can't post that. Well, then you shouldn't have posted the quote. Fair. Anyway, I don't want to air out the guy anymore. I think he does a good <laughs> job. He's an aggregator. I'm rooting for him. I have been following him for a long time. He follows me. I appreciate that, but. That's how this industry works, man. Sorry. Trying to help. Jimmy Carter just sent me a uh, messenger pigeon saying that we're invading Russia. I don't know. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, that he, one more thing. He followed me and then unfollowed me. So, yeah, I, I got a bone. Like, I, I got a bone I to pick with Boston Strong, but whatever. Uh, yeah. My enough said, and I'm glad Coop is here for this because uh, right. Coop's out in California. Ski, what is it? Tahoe? You're skiing in Tahoe? Tahoe, dude. I've South Lake my, my enough said is that I've never been downhill skiing. I went cross country skiing once for middle school because it was required. We had like a cross country skiing field trip. I outside of that, I've never put skis on except for I went water skiing once. Water skiing is tough, dude. I was bad. No, I was a kid, dude. I was terrible at it. I've fallen all over the place. It was bad. But yeah, never downhill skied before. I've gone tubing if that counts, but I, I don't think it does. Uh, no, no. Uh, skiing's fun. We should all do it. We should do like a play. Maybe if the Red Sox don't do anything for another off season, we just do like a ski trip with the playpen. It would have to be to the Bunny Hills. You gotta, you gotta That's start okay. me somewhere. Blue Hills, hey, Blue Hills, and uh, right outside, I think it's technically Randolph. I don't know if it's Randolph or Milton. Uh, they got ski trails. It's nice and easy. We can all go. We hang out at my place after for some little little operate ski. Um, but yeah, at one point today, I thought my ACL was going to blow out because I think I'm way too old for this now. Ooh, yeah. But you were, uh, as the kid, what was it? The kids say, rashing the gnar. Shredding. What was that? Shredding the gnar. No, no, no. What did you say? Rashing the gnar. <laughs> rashing the gnar. What is this? The Great Depression? I got to ration <laughs> out my gnar. Sammy, uh, can you make the noise you made? <laughs> I kid, I kid you not. My dad and I, we were going up one of the lifts today, and we're with a guy from very clearly California. He then states he's from Santa Cruz. Shout out to this guy. He he was every single stereotypical accent of California surfer guy, and it was incredible. After things that he would say that were just like just matter of fact, not really funny, he would just do the <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then at one point we said from Boston, he goes, I could tell by the accent. And we were like, yeah, same dude. You could probably tell you're from California. 
Hell yeah, Coop. Have a good yeah, time so. in California, Coop. Good time. You guys got anything else before we uh thing. before we uh wrap this thing up? You got anyone uh and we got anything else now? I think we're I'm yeah. good, man. Cool. Stay handsome. Yeah. Spring is spring is almost sprung. At least we'll have baseball to watch. Yep. Soon enough. But until then and beyond then, this has been episode 42 of Play Tessie. Remember, before you drop off here, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on the Odyssey app, if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, hit that subscribe button and hit that follow button and be sure to rate us five stars because that helps us a lot and subscribing helps you a lot because you'll get those notifications when episodes drop. Remember to hit us up on YouTube. Hopefully you've been watching this episode because a lot of good stuff for the YouTube page. Got some pictures, got some... uh, Coop scrolled through the Twitter account with the with the Boston Strong stuff, and uh, I from across the country peed in his Arnold Palmer can, and he drank it right on screen. So there's all that for you if you go check it out on YouTube. And while you're there, Bear Grills. Yep, Coop's a trooper, and he also hits that thumbs up button on every video that we post. So you should do that too, and hit that subscribe button to the Wei page, and make sure to check out our playlist. It's the word playlist. But thanks for tuning in. This has been episode 42 of Play Tessie. For Coop, Sammy, Pat, Scordo, signing off. Toodaloo. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 